This is Packer and Durham on ACCN and Sirius XM Channel 371. We got a full stable of folks here. Boy, is Brooks fired up? Our man Brooks fired up. Did you hear what he's been doing for the last 20 since the show ended yesterday? Yeah. Our man Andrew Brooks. Andrew Captain Brooks. Captain Rude. Yeah, Captain right? Rude. Mr. Rude mm-hmm. has been tracking Tiger Woods' private jet yes, back and forth exactly. from because next he, week he tracked the fact that Tiger was able to walk 18 holes at Medalist, yeah, the other and, day. And yeah. guess what? Our man Brooksy is fired yep. up about Tiger Woods tracking a, his plane. That's how we a roll. tradition unlike any other. That's how we're rolling, and no doubt about it. Man, people are fired up, aren't they? You yeah. could just feel the momentum picking up with this thing coming up this weekend. Now, you really can. Oh, I yeah. say that living here in the state of North Carolina. Oh, yeah. I mean, there are. <laughs> You know, between shows, I'll run into some buddies. Right. And I mean, they are sweating bullets. All, both of them. All, both both sides. sides. They are like, it, it, they don't why know. Why are we doing it? How be, is this? Why is this happening? They don't we know ne- they should be ecstatic. They don't know if they should be happy. They don't know if they should be scared to death. It's just, it's almost get a front row seat if you, <sighs> if you don't have a ticket to the party and just watch the carnage. I mean, people are losing their minds this week in Carolina. They're going to be head in hands from the opening tip. It's going to be awesome. I Neither it. team wants to lose. I mean, this and they're is, scared to lose. This is just going to be a trip now. It oh really yeah. Is. I just hope we get a good game. I say right. it all the time. I just entertain me. Normally, this game is sensational. Right. Uh, but both games this year were double-digit smacks. Yeah. Right. right. Duke destroyed North Carolina Chapel Hill. What was it? Thirty-one to eight. Party. Is you tell me thirty-one to eight? Was it early? Yeah, they had him down twenty-three. <laughs> thing was Billy Packer, it's over. There about a second or third TV timeout. And the North Carolina said, oh, this is a cool party you guys are having here. It's cool. All these superstars came back to watch this. Watch right. us. We're, we're a double-digit dog, and we're going to win this thing by double-digit. So, something's got to give Saturday night yeah. in Nolens. Yeah. Winner gets to play for the national championship on Monday night. Uh, it's fun to kind of go through this. And we've got, you know, certainly, you know, you got Hubert Davis in year one and Mike Krzyzewski in his 40th. 42nd and final year at Duke. And so you've got that interesting storyline to all this too. There's no question about that. Then you've got the historical pieces of Duke Carolina and first time in the NCAA tournament. Oh, by the way, it's on the final four stage. Um, and it's just adding the momentum day to day. You can, it's like layering it, right? You know who the most miserable group of people is this week Kentucky? Kentucky. Yeah. You know why? Yeah. Because they're hearing all of us morons on television and radio talk about all the blue bloods, right? And you yeah. really can't mention college basketball seriously without mentioning blue bloods in Kentucky, right? But they're not here. No. no. So, so you got Kansas, who just passed them in the all-time wins this right. week. Correct. You got North Carolina, who just passed them in the all-time NCAA tournament wins right. this week. You got Duke, who they still hate Leitner from 30-some-odd years ago. Correct. And then you got the classy Villanova group that just, hey, we just win. And we do it the right way. Yeah, and we're so trying Kentucky, to win, what, three in the last six or something like that? Yeah, yeah. so you got poor Kentucky fans are sitting there. They're talking blue bloods, and not one time did they ever utter our name. And to make it worse, Wes, to make it even more miserable for Kentucky fans, yeah. Louisville is in the women's Final Four. Mm-hmm. I mean, So no matter where they turn, it. it's like – God, what did we do to the basketball gods to be treated this way this week? But poor folks at Kentucky up there in the Commonwealth, and Louisville fans are loving it. They're just sitting there going, oh, yeah, here's a slow clap for you guys beating South Carolina in that women's tournament y'all had. That's not, 
Y'all enjoy the cow yeah. we try to cut down the nets winning national uh, Yeah, they're looking for, you know, God bless Oscar Combs and the cat's paws, right? <laughs> it's just Kentucky, I feel for I mean, poor Kentucky fans this week. I mean, it's just. Do funny. you really? Come on. Well, I do, because I respect them. I oh, I love their Kentucky. Basketball. I love going to Rupp Arena. I do, too. I respect their, again, I like, yeah. I told you, I got snob appeal and elitism when it comes to college hoops. <laughs> I like the folks that bring the bling and just go, yeah, that's right, kiss the ring. But there's only four spots. It's like college football playoff. We got four spots, and we start talking about the, the Blue Bloods, per se. Kentucky should be in that list, but they just, quite frankly, weren't good enough to beat. Uh, you know. Who, well, and here's yeah. the other thing, too. They're like anniversaries that are just clicking off in front of Kentucky fans. Not That's just the, the Final Four. That's the other thing. But, like, yesterday was Jordan's jump shot at the Superdome. The day before was Leitner in Philadelphia. And, like, today – is the day that you know we celebrate the anniversary of uh, Duke beating Vegas and Packers' great Final Four in Indianapolis at the Hoosier Dome. My favorite. 79-70. Oh, young Coach K. Back when we went, Bobby Crimmins look on the bench. God, this game is cool. There's Thomas Hill, Lancaster, Texas. Stacy Ogman denied by Grant Hill. Let's get the Duke break going. That's Bobby Hurley, Arizona State. Back to Grant Hill. And you got to understand, every time I see that highlight of that game, yeah. all I can remember is the buzz in the air of, can you believe how the previous game just ended? Right. With Dean Smith getting tossed by Pavia. That's it. And here's Roy Williams, of course, the protege oh, yeah. at Kansas, Dean's alma mater. I mean, there was already a buzz about the building, how the first game ended, and then Oh, now it's time for the massacre because Vegas is going to come out and beat Duke by 30 again, right. just like they did a year ago. And by the time the buzz finally subsided a little bit, then you were like, hey, man, Duke's hanging in there. Hey, man, Duke's getting ready to win this when, game. When so it Vegas was just an amazing not, day. Let me ask you about the bill. My brother, you and my brother, the two people, and my mom, of course, was there, but you and my brother were both in the building that day. And Tyler and I were having lunch. TD and I were eating lunch last Friday in, in, at Elon. And we were talking, he laughed the other night when I told the seat cushion story, you yeah. know, about the fun. Yeah. That's, <laughs> Tyler goes, my God, you told the seat cushion story. <laughs> um, so when Tyler said the funny thing about the building was the building never pushed. In other words, Vegas never pushed the building by going up 10, 12, 14. Right. It was six and six the whole day, wasn't it? It, yeah, it, it never got more than six, I don't think. Yeah, but but you just, the, the premonition was, I mean, Vegas, you got to remember, Vegas at the time. Undefeated rock show. They were, it wasn't Duke, it was Vegas. Vegas right, because yeah. Vegas the year before obliterated Duke by 30 in the championship mm. game. They beat Georgia Tech. He's right. getting two in the Final Four, didn't cut down the nets. Um, and mm. it was like, man, can anybody beat these guys? He's a bunch right. of grown men. He's, this, this is an NBA team rolling into Indy, right? But I don't think the game moved very far. It, it, Taylor thought it was like a six up, six down the whole day. Did it, was it ever get a, more than a couple possessions? It was a great game. Yeah. It was just a great, amazing day of basketball. And, and to that effect, it ties into something we're asking you about today. Was Duke a surprise Final Four winner in 91? Yeah. Of course. Because Vegas was like, the thing. Vegas was the standard. Right. And Duke, keep in mind now, Kay had that reputation of that. Yeah, they've gotten there, but you know what? The guys just had never won it. Okay. Right. I mean, kind of like Dean Smith, quite frankly, when it's like, man, Dean keeps getting the Final Four, but he never wins it. That's and then it. all of a sudden, Jordan makes the shot. They win their first one. Okay. Kay was kind of living that same kind of deal right. at the time. All right. So, so here's the thing. Was Duke a surprise winner in 91? Yes. 
Are they the biggest surprise winner from the ACC? Uh Uh-uh. No. 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 Wolfpack. 83. 83. Not even close. And, you know, just to to balance it out, uh, I would tell you when Notre Dame, when Enrique made the two shots and Muffet. Oh, yeah, on the women's side. I would say Notre Dame on the women's side, I think it was, what, 2018? Like that's – Right? Is that 2018? At the top of my head? It was – was it 18? Or was it – Whatever. Whatever the year is. But when when Muffet and Notre Dame's women's program won it, and Enrique made the shot, made both shots to beat UConn and Mississippi State, I believe it was, those were two of those, wow, you got to be kidding me. Uh, I mean, I I wouldn't put that as NC NC State's run – trumps anything you come to the table with. Oh, because they were at Gill Coliseum in Corvallis, Oregon, playing Pepperdine in the opening round late night on CBS. And that game, I think, went to overtime on the inability to hit free throws. Right. And they still had to go through Virginia again, which you're like, all right, they got them once in Atlanta to win the tournament. And they beat Vegas along the way somehow, too, I mean, their run was so goofy. Like, I mean, if you don't believe in fate and destiny, I can't help you. And here's the thing. They beat Houston. Okay, and Mark's heard me say this. We, I sorry, I said this one day on radio back in the old Central days. If if you want to say the '91 semifinal was the best semifinal, maybe of the Final Four, you know, when you think about the two games, right? The Carolina Kansas game, the Wild End, and then Vegas Duke. '83 in Albuquerque, kids. NC State played Georgia, who had beaten Carolina in the East Regional at Syracuse to go to the Final Four with Hugh Durham. Hey. I got this the year after Dominique Wilkins left our program. Okay, so George like Mac Brown a little bit. It is. It's almost Mac Brown. Sorry, um, Mac. But um, Dominique Wilkins had gone, and Georgia plays NC State, and NC State beat Georgia. Uh, Richard Corrin and some of those guys in Athens. That was a good team. They beat in Carolina. Mm, they were a good team. The next semifinal in Albuquerque that day, eighteen dunks. Gosh. Louisville, Houston, eighteen dunks. In a semifinal game. For me, that was awesome. I love that game. Well, it was just a sports center highlight reel. That's what it was. It but wasn't just a dunk. I mean, these were dunks. dunks. Like all-star games. It dunks. was like a pickup game. Yeah. Between Louisville and Houston. It was. And the Cougars dusted them. But NC State was given no shot. Zero. Monday night. Exactly right. And how many dunks did Houston have on Monday night? One. And then NC State wins it on the dunk. Right. Which was the irony of all ironies. Well done, Billy. On the dunk. On the dunk. Um, all right. So hit us up on Twitter, social media, tag us, whatever you like. The most surprising ACC men's national champion. You know what? I will give you the opposite of this just because we're BSing here in the morning. Um, the one ACC national championship that got away hmm. that got away right i thought was duke's team in 99 when they lost to yukon no question that duke team i thought was one of k's <clears throat> best teams totally agree. they lost to yukon i was stunned yeah. I, I i was like i mean in no disrespect to yukon obviously they've won what four national titles that was one of them obviously but that was the one that i really thought got away that you're like there's no way duke's gonna lose to yukon ricky moore God, that Duke team had won, like, 30, 32 in a row, some crazy number like that. Yeah. I mean, that's – They were terrific, man. By the numbers, that's the biggest upset in NCAA championship history. Yeah, that 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 was the one night – you know, you always talk about the ones – Even eight. more so than Villanova-Georgetown, which is crazy. Uh, well, I, I was at the Villanova-Georgetown game as a kid. I wasn't really a kid. I just graduated from college. Yeah. But um, 
But Duke losing to UConn in 99 was the one I was like, man, you know, again, Kale will have time when he gets his new dog and working in the, in the garden doing his thing. But he'll look back and probably go, that's the one really should have had that one. Tropicana Field. Gosh. There's been some great games, man. Tampa, I just, St. Pete. I hope we get four. great ones this weekend. I do. Yeah, that's it. For both the men and the women. Uh, so we'll take your thoughts, calls, most surprising ACC men's basketball national champion. You may have a semifinal memory of those kind of things. They're great, too. A um, couple of news items here today. And I got to tell you, this one was a surprise Stunned. yesterday. I was shocked. Um, Mark Krikorian, the incredible women's soccer coach and national champion at Florida State, defending national champion, is stepping down after 17 years, uh, including a national title just this past season. You got three with, of them. With the Seminoles, three total. And Krikorian, I tell you what now, this guy leaves a legacy. Oh, you kidding? Holy 11 smokes. college cups. He won eight ACC championships, three national titles, played right. for six total. Now, this guy was one of the dudes now, big time. Yeah. And uh, we wish him the best, whatever the next chapter in his life has mm-hmm. been or going to be. But, man, what a job he did at Florida State. Yeah, 310, 67, and 36. Pac told you, 11 college cups in 17 years. That's kind of really all you need to know. That kind of that kind of dominance. And he, he developed that program where Anson Dorrance was on the mountaintop. You know, when he arrived in Tallahassee, Kerkorian took Florida State to not only challenge, but at times surpass North Carolina's dominance. And that was always the showdown game. You Absolutely. Give me Florida State, North Carolina, kind of women's still soccer. Still I mean, yeah. they are yeah. – hey, when they get after, it's kind of what we're talking about with Duke and Carolina mm-hmm. on the basketball standpoint. But uh, we'll miss Coach now. He, I, he did an amazing job. You know, I, I saw some some notes yesterday online. There are recent former players that are really surprised by this. Like, not sure what the – you know, and everybody hopes and hopes for Mark. He's fine and well and look forward to finding out what his next uh, next step is. Uh, busy in Tallahassee, too, because also yesterday, you know, we said this on the show, kind of in passing in the 9 o'clock hour yesterday, there had been no announcement about Sue Simarow's replacement. We thought Brooke Wyckoff might be kind of an inside favorite to replace Sue after uh, taking over a year ago in an interim situation. And, in fact, press conference scheduled today at 930 uh, in Tallahassee to announce Brooke Wyckoff as the new women's basketball head coach at Florida State. Congratulations, certainly to Sue Simmerall on a marvelous run. And we are I think we're thrilled. I would say I'm thrilled for Brooke Wyckoff. I know she did a terrific job in the interim situation. And uh, Florida State back on their feet going forward this year to the NCAA tournament. Yep. And great for Brooke Wyckoff. And good for us because she's a great interview. Oh, yeah. On top yeah of she's it. fun. So uh, congratulations to Brooke and uh, – I think that does it, right? Florida State, Virginia, Syracuse, right? Yeah, we don't have enough time to go through the transfer portal, so we normally stay away from that. But there was some news on that front yesterday that uh, wasn't necessarily great for some ACC teams, but I'm not going to go there. Okay. All right. We'll we'll touch on that as we move through the rest okay. of the show. Fair maybe. enough. All right. Busy show. Um, Luke DeCock will be here at 8 o'clock. Scott Satterfield. Luke covers uh, sports in the triangle for the Raleigh News Observer. He's been a friend of the show. He was in. San Francisco, Philadelphia, and Bridgeport, all in the span of about 48 hours, maybe a little more than that. So we'll talk to Luke coming up, uh, 8 o'clock. Scott Satterfield, head football coach at Louisville, will be here at 8.15. His spring game is Sunday afternoon, 4 o'clock, right here on ACC Network. Trey Cunningham. Woo! Dude can fly. National champion in track and hurdles. 60 meters. 
We will talk to Trey Cunningham coming up at uh, Have April. you seen this dude run yet? He can fly. I'm telling you, his feet do not hit the planet Earth okay. when he goes. So he it just kind of levitates in air. Is that what's happening? When you watch, if you've not seen this guy run, yeah. when you watch video, you swear. You want to see if they can crank up a little video? It here only takes him seven seconds to go 60 <laughs> meters. I mean, we can squeeze it in a hundred times between now and by the time we come on a commercial break. Well, let me tell you, when you see this guy run. He looked like Nehemiah. I'm telling you, I swear to you, it looks like he floats when he runs. Watch this guy. Okay. All right. This guy, Trey. I'm There's telling Trey. You, his feet do not hit the ground. In lane four. His feet don't hit the ground. Watch this gear he puts on everybody here. See you later. Gone. I contend that he can run 60 meters faster than I can eat a Krispy Kreme donut. I would like to do that, actually. Okay. Would you? Is that say, all right, Trey, you're going to run 60, and I got a Krispy Kreme donut. What happens first? You hit the finish line, or I swallow the last bite? That, uh, that dude can scoot, man. His uh, He won the national title in 7.38, by the way. That's crazy. Which is the 11th fastest time, all time, in the event. So Trey Cunningham will be crazy. here at 845. And Packer's going to ask him the last time his feet touched the ground. Uh, Seriously, it looks like his feet, he I, just levitates. He just... I'm, I mean, I, I wish I could run. I told you this before. You know, I you wish just, you could run. I, I I drive around Charlotte when I finally get to leave the house, and I see runners, and I and I'm just so jealous of people who can run, and I mean, can really run and just yeah. get in that zone because I can't do it. Yeah. And when I see track and field, that's why I love track and field because I'm inept at all of it. And I'm like, man, it'd be sweet to be able to run like that. If I could run like that, I'd just keep running. America. I'd be like Forrest freaking Yo, Gump, man. Forrest, I'd just keep going. Forrest. I'd go, hey, we're going to New Orleans? I'll tell you what. I'm going to go in about three minutes. I'll meet you there. I wish I could do that. Uh, Nine o'clock hour, Felicia Leggett Jack is the new women's basketball coach at Syracuse, an alum, a decorated player. Her jersey was retired last year. Name the head coach. We're looking forward to a visit with her. And uh, about 9.35 this morning, Bubba Cunningham, athletics director at Carolina, stops by. In case you missed it, it's, by the way, with Nina King in the 7 o'clock hour, Roy Williams in the 8 o'clock hour from yesterday's show. They were show. both excellent yesterday. Really good. Really good. So excellent. we got a full show. Yeah. Bottom line, we got a full show for you. Lots of stuff. Uh, we got Captain Ron over here working on drones for New Orleans. He is. Yeah. We're going to have some we drones in the Big Easy. Is this where we tell everybody Friday shows yeah, live? Yeah, let's, let's tell them now. Okay. Them. So Friday morning, kids. Packer and Durham <clears throat> on the road. 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern time. Different time. Different time. We'll be live at Jackson Square in New Orleans. So if you're working your way down, Duke, Carolina fans. maybe It's about uh, 60 meters, just like what Trey Cunningham runs the hurdles from uh, Cafe Dumont. Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, Cafe Dumont. Beignets. So Jackson Square, Friday morning, 8 to 11 Eastern time, 7 to 10 New Orleans time. Look at me doing the math. You are on I'm top. I'm telling you, I can do that time math you for you. You are really on top. Of All right, when we come back, uh, does experience count in the NCAA tournament? Duke is trying to buck a trend. Oh, my God. James Worthy. There's Johnny Dawkins. Uh, Duke's trying to buck a trend as it relates to experience and age in college basketball. We'll talk about it next on Packer and Durham. The Packer and Durham Podcast.
This is the Packer and Durham Podcast. Packer and Durham on a Wednesday. Your lucky number is 596 today. 596. All right, so Friday in New Orleans. It's 97. Eight. Now on Tuesday. No, no, no. I'm talking about Friday shows in New Orleans. Yeah. Monday is in New Orleans. Right, 599 is in New Orleans. 600 is next Tuesday. Party's right here. Can I say one thing? Sure. Uh, this has nothing to do with anything that we're going to do, but I just you just mentioned the basement. I would like to do a shout-out to the Pac-12 conference real quick. <laughs> I know where this is going. Go ahead. I'm going to sit right over here and enjoy your commentary. I would like to do a shout-out to the Pac-12. Chrissy well, goes to a two-shot. I'll be looking innocent. Okay, that's fine. Go ahead. Whatever makes you just drink. Just take a sip of coffee now before I get started. Uh-huh. You done? Yeah, go ahead. I want to do a shout-out to the Pac-12 Conference. Uh, they announced yesterday that they're shutting down their San Francisco headquarters, and they're going to work from home. <laughs> I, I'm not making this up. I know you're not. Uh, so I want to th- – you know, they are forward-thinking out there on the left coast, and I think they're on to something, and they are finally taking a page from Packer and Durham. We've been working from home, at least I have, for at least, what, three years now, Wes? We're almost on three years. You've never left. And I've never left the basement. That's right. And this is, uh, you know, it's the daily show on ACC Network coming from my house. So, for the Pac-12, welcome. Welcome to working from home. <laughs> and on top of that, Wes, much like what we've done for ESPN. Sure. We have saved uh, people. Hundreds. Millions of dollars. That's exactly what we've done. studio space. Yes, we have. Because. Uh, We're not in anybody's way. No, it, the overhead for ESPN doesn't even pay the electric bill. Right? That's I, right. I do. The, the heating and air comes right out of Mrs. P's paycheck. Yeah. Right? So, for the Pac-12, congratulations. Welcome to the family. Welcome to working from home. That's all I got to say about that. You good? I'm good. Okay. You can go back drinking your coffee now. All right. Let's move on to Duke, shall we? That's a brilliant move. That's really – I mean, I've been to their offices. In it San is nice. Let me tell you something. The Pac-12, what was the Pac-12's corporate <laughs> Very event? Very nice, wasn't it? Were sincere. I've been to everybody's office. Yeah. Pac-12 blows everybody out of the water. Mm-hmm. But now they're working from home. Yeah. Dogs at your feet. Does that mean George Klyakov going to live in Vegas still? I don't know. You might as well, hey, get it done from home. So oh, they, they, they're part of the Packer and Durham family, the Pac-12. Welcome. All right. Tournament experience. Is it legit for success? Does it matter? It's hard to gauge because Duke is trying to buck a significant trend. Remember we started this year talking about the team that was old was going to have the advantage? <laughs> Remember that? It matters if you can play. Well, that's it. You you know, you could be 32 years old and can't play dead in a cowboy movie. Experience doesn't help you at all. Okay, but think about this. How often have we talked about during college basketball, oh, you're old, it's really going to count. Well, guess what? Duke started this year's NCAA tournament with 24 minutes worth of experience. And I'm guessing a lot of it was Joey Baker. (laughs) Um, I mean, because... Mark Williams hadn't played in the tournament, right? So, nonetheless, there it is. 24 minutes. It is by far Mike Krzyzewski's least experienced team. 
And that's why beating teams like Texas Tech, I thought, was so impressive. Michigan Be- State? Yeah. I mean, well, Texas Tech in particular, because you got a bunch of seemingly 28 year old dudes. Uh, and it's a big difference. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's been one of the things that we've watched in this tournament. We've watched it during the regular season. We watched it during the college football season. When right. Dave Clawson alerted everybody for the football season that this is going to be the greatest football year because right. teams are old okay. and experienced. And it has trickled down to every sport, including men's basketball and women's basketball. All right. So take those 24 minutes. I want you to, we're going to process this by using examples of championship teams at Duke and their roster minutes going into those specific tournaments, okay? And you're going to see where 24 whole minutes of NCAA tournament experience factors against five championship teams. I mean, okay, the 2015 team, 383. That's a ton more than 24, and that's the fewest amount of the five title teams, Pack. Well, I do think when you see the year 92 sitting up there, 1,630. It was sure. a different era. It was a different sure everything. Was. And right. that's why it's impossible, impossible to compare eras. Okay. Can't do it. So the Blue Devils opponent on Saturday night, North Carolina, right? Obviously has had very, you know, great success in terms of their – they had 285 minutes of tournament experience entering this year's tournament. Carolina did, right? So let's look at the four championship teams – since 1985 for North Carolina, and look at their tournament values. That 05 team, which was pretty good, only had 400 minutes. But the 93 team, 1,000. The 2019, that, see, to me, that's the outlier at Carolina, that 09 team. Well, also understand that, that 400 that you see up there with Roy. Uh, remember what he inherited and how long it took to build I mean, all of this, it's a, it's a combination of a yeah. lot of things here. Yep. Uh, but when you got the commas in there, that's what it's all about. Yep, right? no doubt. All right, so let's counter this back, and we're going to show you this as kind of the one of the final salvos of this, this little topic. The championship teams in the NCAA tournament with the fewest experienced minutes entering tournament play, Carmelo and 03 Syracuse. Look at that. There's a great bar bet right there. That's a bar bet. How about that? How about that 11 UConn team? Interesting, right? Baylor in 21, less than 200 minutes. Well, there's a Pac-12 team. I forgot. Yeah, they're still – that's the last time they were playing, right? 97? Miles Simon. 25-year anniversary. Simon says championships. 25-year anniversary for the Conference of Champions, their last title. Is that that not fascinating, though? 68 minutes for Carmelo? It's crazy. That's a good bar bet. Yeah. Not sure where – I mean, it's just a note that we thought this might be an older year in college basketball. It's been a competitive year. We've talked about that. We talked about the swath of teams that would potentially have a chance to win a national championship. Some of that has been borne out, although, as Pac said several times this week, the Blue Bloods have definitely arrived in New Orleans at yes, the Final they Four. Have. But they come in all shapes and sizes. The minutes factor, though, is something Duke has been able to overcome in the four games to get to New Orleans. Can they do it two more times? We'll see. That's why I said, you know, talent matters, right? I mean, talents you got to have guys who can play. Right. It's kind of like what Roy was saying yesterday. I thought Roy Williams, by the way, was great yesterday on the show. Mm-hmm. But when he was breaking down about, you know, that Duke team we played back when I was at Kansas. I mean, let me give you their story. He, he oh, gave yeah. his Kansas Alex Trebek. Yeah, Roy went trivia on us. He, did a, he went Alex Trebek on us yesterday. I mean, he rest in peace. 
Jayhawk trivia for 400 with Roy Williams. Uh, we're still trying to name his starting five. We, I still, I don't think I can name them today after he told me what they were. But his point was, hey, that Duke roster had A, B, C, D, E, F. Oh, yeah. You got to have players, yep. man. I don't care if they're 18 or if they're 23. I'd like to have old, talented guys, but uh, you better have guys who can make shots, period. All four teams have players. Yes, they do. So You better believe it. All right, special edition of Conference Cuts. When we come back, Final Four edition, if you will, of Conference Cuts. So we'll do that. And uh, in case you missed it with Nina King to follow, Great stuff from Armando Baycott on the backside. And Coach K talking about the journey his team is on, including their perceived lack of experience. Back after this. Packer and Durham. Here's Mark Packer and Wes Durham. We've had so many amazing games. Some that we've won and some that we've lost. But they've been really high-level games. A lot of drama. The intensity in this building right now, it's amazing. There is nothing finer than The rivalry has gotten better and better. We all understand we're lucky to be a part of it. And for the first time in an NCAA tournament, North Carolina will take on the Duke Blue Devils. You can't go into the Final Four thinking rivalry, payback. We want to win a championship. Hmm. Okay. Game on. There we go. By the way, Jay Williams... Played for K. Yes, he did. Yes, he's yes, on he... a real ESPN show. He's not doing a show from the basement. He's not doing the. Oh, know. they got a nice studio. That's nice over there in Seaport, in New York. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. Jay Williams said that he thinks Duke North Carolina is going to be the biggest game in college basketball history. Whew. I would okay. make the case it's not even the biggest game in New Orleans this weekend. Okay, I mean the championship game is the biggest game. Well, sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He says the biggest game in college basketball history. You want some hype? There, there's some hype. I don't think it's the biggest game in New Orleans, much less in college basketball history. I, I think you and I stop short of – let me ask you this question. Do we stop short of saying that Duke Carolina in the NCAA tournament on this stage with this storyline around it, Kay, obviously, Hubert, that kind of thing, do we stop short of NC State, Maryland, 1974? In terms of ACC game. It's the biggest game in this rivalry's history. No question about that. Now, now that's where this that's game true. is. Okay. I mean, I mean there, there are going to be a lot of people like, oh, they're going to be so sick and tired of Duke Carolina. Oh, Saturday's By the time we get to Saturday, way. it's not even funny. Saturday's a long way. You know what? Everybody that barks at, yeah. you're going to take a sneak peek, see yeah. what's going on. Right, it's just the way it but works. But do you, do you think by Friday we can do this? Maybe Saturday when we join nothing but net a little bit. Do you think it is close to the biggest game in ACC history? Yeah, close. But okay. you know, to say it's the biggest game in college basketball history—that's that's a bit much. Crazy. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, Jay. Love you, but that's crazy. Yeah. Like Jay a ton, by the way. Um. All right. It's Let's not get the to biggest conference. game in New Orleans. Monday night is whoever wins that game between Duke and Carolina. Right. You know what the biggest game is? The next one. The next one. Yeah. Because there'll be a lot of people who want to know how you're going to handle Monday night. The winner has to answer the question of how you're going to handle right. Monday night. Right. 
And you know, poor Kansas and Villanova are just sitting there like, we're like the appetizer, man. It just feels and, that and way. And both are very capable of beating oh. whoever wins. The oh, there is a. Hey, if Kansas cuts down the nets, yeah. I will not be stunned. Villanova winning two without mm-hmm. Justin Moore would be a surprise to me. Yeah. Uh, let's hop to conference cuts. Coach K first, uh, answering the question Does he remember having as young a team having as much success as this team? Well, it's the oldest that, that college basketball has ever been. And, and so as a result of that, it's going to be tougher to win. It, it, uh, I mean, I think Battier was, played the most games here, 130-something. And we're playing against guys that have played 160 games. Sometimes they, three of them are on the other team. That's a lot. And that's what's happened. That, that's why we shouldn't be shocked at anything that's happened in, uh, in, in the tournament because the age differential is uh, dramatic. You know, for us, it's been dramatic the whole, especially the last two. By Texas Tech, it was really dramatic. They, and boy, are they good. They are, they're really good. He's such a good coach. I mean, not that the other guys aren't, but he, that was our, that was a big, Big time game for us, yeah. I, I'm going to tell you, I'll, I'll go back to the last six minutes of Michigan State in Greenville, and I will go to the last eight minutes of Texas Tech because you and I both, I think, were on the same line thinking Texas Tech might be their Rubicon. I, I think the fact that the first team that popped in his head on that soundbite was Texas Tech. Yeah, it wasn't Sparty. It wasn't Arkansas. No. It was it was Texas Tech yeah. with the, with the tone, and I, I think that tells you everything you need to know. And we even said I thought Texas Tech was really good, I did tremendous. Hubert Davis on if he's surprised that Duke and Carolina had never met before in the NCAA tournament. I am. I'm very surprised. I can't believe the last time that we both been in the Final Four was when I was 20 years old in 1991, and so. Um, I am surprised that it hasn't happened before, and I think it's very funny that the last two times that we've been in the Final Four, I've been at the Final Four. <laughs> so um, um, I am surprised as, as um, celebrated and as successful as both programs have been for us um, to not have met in the Final Four um, very many times is um, is very rare and surprising. Ever. Hubert <laughs> seemed to be more surprised as, this, as, this, as the question and the answer was going on, right? Yeah. Well, we'll finally get the tip off, though, eventually, Saturday night. Uh, Armando Baycott and R.J. Davis were asked about the expectations that were set early by Hubert Davis. And this is something I don't think any of us have ever heard until yesterday. Yeah, I mean, he told us that even before we had practiced, just once they got the personnel together, he he had kind of put like a – well, he put a picture of the Superdome on all our lockers, and then he told all the parents back then to book um, hotels and a flight to New Orleans, and he was like dead serious too when he said it. And actually, um, some of my people actually booked a flight. And when he said it at first, I'd be lying if I thought like – automatically we would, you know, 
go there. But once like we our talent and stuff, once we all got together and I saw our team, I knew we had the talent and was good enough to go. It's surreal. I'm just, you know, enjoying the moment right now, just taking advantage of everything. You know, it's my first Final Four. Um, I just remember watching it on TV, from, so now I'm actually able to play in it. So um, I was just an amazing feeling. It's just like I still can't. I remember like my whole teammate smiling, me smiling, me hugging my mom from you know, when we played against St. Peter's and um, one it was cutting down the nets. That's something that like just like you know stays in my brain. That kid's calm. You know, with the basketball, he'd been really calm with the ball. Hubert wasn't lying, though, was he? No. It's old Coach Smith trick, by the way, too. All right. Um, when Carolina lost in uh, 92, they started the 93 season with a picture of the Superdome in their locker. Ironically, the Superdome, same building. North Carolina's had great success in an old building. Yeah. Just telling you. Um that's interesting, isn't it? 82 and 93. Yep. Uh, Coach K on if there are any lessons going into Saturday night from the last meeting with Carolina for his club. Probably. I'm trying not – I don't want to use that game. This isn't – you can't go into the Final Four just thinking rivalry, payback, or any of those things. you got to go in. We want to win a championship. You know, this is who we are now. This is who whoever we would play. And then we got to beat them. And then we got to beat someone else. And if you go in with those other two things, you, you prop, you, there's a good chance you're not going to win. But if you did, you probably won't win on Monday. This, it's it, it's got to be looked at as you're playing for – we got four teams playing for a national championship. And that, that's how I'm looking at it. And I know there's going to be, you know, on TV, radio, a Duke guy, a Carolina guy, and they're going to be talking stupid stuff to one another. And that, has, that means nothing. But that's what sport for fans is about. It's not, it, it, it's not for coaches. And it's not for players. We, we, we let's just stick to what we're doing. What we're doing. He's taking our material. Stupid stuff. He's taking us? our that guy right there. He's yeah. taking our material. Stup- I've about had enough of him. I gotta be honest with you. We I mean, Duke guy, <laughs> Carolina guy, talking stupid stuff. Well, guess what? This guy went to Elon. I went to Clemson. <laughs> it still may be stupid stuff. It's still stupid. But it is our job to promote the league. It's what he told us one time, right? Uh, he said, in fact, I think he was looking at me and pointed the finger at me. He said, hey, it's your responsibility to promote the league. And he wasn't that clean about it. No, 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 it wasn't. It felt like we were being admonished for we, our play. We were. Yeah. By the man. Well, he's not dumb man. Dumb man uh, is dumb Commissioner is, Phillips. Yeah, Commissioner. All right. That's uh, conference cuts. <laughs> Great stuff. When we come back. In case you missed it, Duke Athletics Director Nina King joined us yesterday. Uh, she's uh, she's busy. Chair of the Women's Basketball Committee. We'll talk with Nina next in case you missed it on Packer and Durham. The Packer and Durham Podcast. This is the Packer and Durham Podcast. Hey, don't forget, gang, ACC Baseball Saturday night, 6 o'clock. First pitch shortly after 6 from Doug Kingsmore Stadium. 
Clemson Tigers, and a North Carolina State Wolfpack. How about a shout-out to Monty Lee? Picked up win number 500 in his career last night. How about that? Salute. Packer and Durham salute to Monty Lee. He and Elliot Avent exchange scorecards and lineups, and they play Saturday night, 6 o'clock. It's ACC Baseball right here on ACC Network, streaming live on the ESPN app. It follows, by the way, two, count them, two big hours of pregame coverage from New Orleans with nothing but net. And we will be a part of that. Yes, we will. Yes, and that's at Jackson Square. We're all going to be at Jackson Square. I got to be honest with you. I kind of like that. Like being at Jackson Square? I, and of course, you know, I used to spend a lot of time in New Orleans in my days at LSU. Yeah. I've spent a few. That was back in my single days. A lot I, of people. I'd e- make that trip from Baton Rouge to New Orleans for a weekend. A lot of times. people are eagerly awaiting your arrival. I've just gotten some notes from folks who Is are. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Some people who are stunned, if not shocked, that you're being allowed to leave the basement. Well, you know, every yeah. now and then. That's it. Uh, all right, Nina King, Duke's athletic director. I tell you what, a busy first year for oh Nina, huh? Goodness. How about the busy? <laughs> and that was just this last week, the way she's been traveling back and forth. Uh, yep, because she is the chair of the Division One Women's Basketball Championship Committee, um, and now her men's team is at the Final Four in New Orleans. So the Minneapolis to New Orleans uh, connection going to be hot for Nina. We asked her, "What's it like preparing for the Final Four? And oh, by the way, it's Carolina on Saturday night. been a magical ride and, and just so excited for for coach and our student athletes for the program. Um, of course, I sit in the stands really nervous and, and um, kind of have that uneasy feeling throughout the games. And, and this one will be no different for me as as a spectator, um, but just really excited for Coach K and, and these guys uh, to have the opportunity to first and foremost be in the final four. I mean, to, to get to where they are um, at this point in the season is, is just incredible. Um, and and then, you know, let's go, bring it on. North Carolina Duke for the first time in, in Final Four history. Um, I think everybody's amped up and, and ready to go. Um, preparation, um, you know, we're, we're doing all of the same things for as if it were any team um, preparing, a, a, you know, for the game uh, on Saturday. Um, and the guys are, are just excited and motivated and even better that it's our rival just down the street. I want to switch gears. Uh, last night, uh, we had two more women's Elite Eight games, and the NC State UConn game was awesome. I mean, it, it was a showcase for the sport, uh, regardless of winner, regardless of location for a degree for a second. Uh, this game was just spectacular. It was one of the best basketball games you'd ever want to watch, regardless of gender. Uh, it was great for the sport to elevate it to the next level. Uh, after you've gone through this whole thing, and I'm not going to bring up the whole NC State. I'm sure they're sending you tons of Christmas cards with the Bridgeport <laughs> thing. And I'm not going to put that to the side. But as the game now reached the point where we don't have to have a quote-unquote home court for anybody moving forward in the women's game, because last night was awesome. It was just a great basketball game. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. What an exciting time for women's basketball and, and to showcase um, two high-level teams uh, in, in that game last night and followed by uh, followed by Louisville winning um, out in Wichita. Um, you know, I, I think it's interesting to note next year we kind of changed the format of the, the women's tournament. Instead of four regional sites, we're moving to two regional sites. And so we'll have eight teams at, at two regions. Um, next year happens to be in Greenville and Seattle. 
Um, and so uh, a little bit more neutral, if you will, uh, depending on, on who your team is and, and who you're rooting for. But I'm excited to see the impact of that change. Um, you know, we don't have to keep doing things the way that they've always been done. And so um, just grabbing hold of an opportunity to create something different, uh, I think will be exciting for next year. And then obviously we're celebrating the, the 50th anniversary of Title IX. So Dallas will be the site of the Final Four and, and we'll really celebrate that um, for the women's Final Four where they'll host Division One, Two, II, and Three uh, national mm. championships over the same weekend. So next year we've got some really exciting things going on in terms of format for the women's tournament. But not to take away what's happened this year. I mean, what an amazing game last night and over the past two weeks. Um, first and second rounds, we've seen record-breaking attendance numbers uh, mm. at, at our across our 16 sites and then um, across all four regionals. Incredible games and, and um, people all around the country are just really seeing the growth of, of women's basketball and, and the exposure. And these young ladies have worked really hard to get to where they are. And it's exciting to, to have um, a lot of eyeballs on what's happening in women's basketball. Nina, there is uh, the growth piece of this, right? I mean, that's the part that I think we all heard about equality of the event. And we've seen some of that branding, marketing, you know, that kind of deal. The, for me, the most revealing thing the last couple of weeks has been listening to coaches and Dawn Staley and Tara Vanderveer had some really interesting comments about the financial side of this. We asked Muffet about that yesterday. I mean, as someone who kind of stands both the lines, you understand it as an AD, you also understand it as a committee chair. This event now is, is ascending. It's got to be taken advantage of. There's a lot of things can do structurally. But I'll ask this, in, in some ways, is the campus site situation, you mentioned the double regional site next year. Um, I mean, are we moving in a different direction with this women's event to create the equality for the men's event in comparison? You know, I mean, I think that's a, a big conversation and something that, that the committee and the NCAA staff continue to evaluate and look at. Um, like I said, I mean, we're not opposed to change. We don't have to keep doing things the same way. And so as this continues to grow and as we want to uh, place emphasis on, on creating an equitable experience for both our, our men's and women's student athletes, um, everything's on the table. I mean, we, we will certainly look at, at different formats and, and see what really is best for uh, for the game and, and for mm -hmm. our student-athletes. So at this point, um, we are still planning on um, top 16 hosting, uh, but it's a conversation that the committee continues to have to just you know determine what's best. Just want to follow up one more time, though, on Bridgeport, and, and yep. we'll put this to rest. Because at the end of the day, three one-seeds and a two-seed have made it to Minneapolis. So a seeding perspective Hey, you know what? You get all four one seeds. Quite frankly, you kind of got it right. But three ones and a two, not bad. But when you guys finished up in the room and said, all right, we think we've reached the finish line. Here's what the bracket looks like. How much conversation took place of, you know what? UConn's a two. If everything is chalk, and again, I know you don't work on ifs, but you could have a one-two where NC State's the higher seed basically playing in Connecticut. That had to be a conversation point amongst the group, wasn't it? 
Absolutely. I mean, once we look at the bracket, um, you know, the first thing we do is, is select the teams and then we seed and then we bracket um, and then we look over it and we say, you know, what are our things that are going to come up? And of course, that's something uh, UConn being placed in in the, the Bridgeport region as a two seed, um, something that we talk about. But there's no conspiracy theory behind it. I mean, we didn't um, put UConn there um, to, to disadvantage anybody else. Um, we followed the bracketing principles and procedures um, mm. relative to, to selection and seating. Um, and then, you know, we don't want to adjust anything to compromise the integrity of the process. Busy week for Nina. Woo! Tell the truth. But what a run, though. She Holy and the commission need to be on that Minneapolis to New Orleans yeah. rip. Yeah. So, all right, uh, hour one in the books. Just like that, right? Fast-moving week now. We got a lot of guests, though, coming your way. You're not kidding. Uh, Trey Cunningham going to run the 60 with Pack, And Scott Satterfield of Louisville in about 15 minutes. But next, Raleigh News Observer sports columnist Luke DeCock joins the show. Hour 2 on ACC Network. Packer and Durham.